Oh shit. Here we go again. What is up, ballers? What a beautiful weekend we had. Great fucking golf. Great weather here in Houston. Jakey, you almost had a hole in one yesterday. Mm-hmm. We are just crushing life right now, if I might add. Uh, all three of us in the booth talk about an exciting past weekend. We had live golf back at the Charles Schwab in Fort Worth. Ended up being a unbelievable Sunday. Great finish. Great win in a playoff. Again, though, all three of us in the booth, so let's introduce my two co-hosts before we get into everything. Uh, first, we have the man who almost had a second hole one. He said, same yardage and club. Jake, correct. talk me through it. What's up, everybody? Yeah, 15th hole at uh, my home club, playing a little uh, twilight round yesterday. I had it going. Um, I, was ro- I was rolling the rock, which was the nice part, because I have not been putting well. And a uh, little 155-yard um, eight iron to literally the easiest pin on that green and just hit this little draw, flagged it. Didn't think it was that close cause, just because of the way the green tilts. And uh, when we got up there, it, it definitely scared it because that green tilts hard left to right. So it, it finished right of the flag, making me think, hey, you know, this was probably this probably had a chance to go in for sure. So that was it. Awesome, dude. I hope you made yeah. the putt. Oh, yeah, I did. I made, like, I don't know, five birdies yesterday or something? I had a good Ooh, round going. I had it going. Yeah. But then you, what happened? You made, a, like, a double or something on 17, right? I, I actually lost a ball on 17 where there's no hazard. We just couldn't find it. I don't know if it got oh. stuck in a tree or it, it was just, like, in deep rough. I couldn't find it. So I, I made a double on that hole, unfortunately. So you pulled a Tom on number one on Sunday at, at the Gentleman's Cup. Exactly. It was the same exact little – I hit a little queefy fade, similar move to Tom, and – uh just couldn't find it. Too bad. Yeah. Uh, our other co-host in the booth today, the man, the myth, the legend himself at Simulator Golf, the guy who just carries the team every Monday, Vinny. How you feeling today? How's the back feel? What's up, ballers? Back's feeling a little sore. Can't lie. <laughs> yep. Not man. Carried the team. I feel there's no way you can feel pressure in there, man. It's too fun. Um, sometimes I get in my own head on the course, and it it shows. So I can get out there and. Just swing the club. Dude, I'm glad everybody sees that I can hit it a little bit. Clubhead speed got up to 110 yesterday, Jake, for Vinny. Whoa. Like, <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, the guy, he's he's jacked into the Matrix. The dude is a sim player. He just should play screen golf. Dougie yep, also ready? hit my sim better than his uh, epic flash yesterday. Well, that's uh, well, not entirely true, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with off the tee right now. Uh, I'm striping the irons, absolutely flushing. Hit my seven iron 180 right now. So yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. We'll see. I may be uh, in the in the mood for a, a simulator in my bag soon, but uh, haven't confirmed yet. If we pick another winning golfer this week, like we did last weekend, I may be doing that sooner rather than later. But uh, yeah, so all three of us here talking about all things golf. Last week. At uh, first round back from uh, EGA, six-week absence. Uh, no fans out at, uh, at Colonial. Unbelievable field. Everybody was chomping at the bit to get out there and play. What did you guys think? Uh, I mean, I, I guess I'll go first. My, my thoughts were it was awesome. I was glued to the TV on Sunday, screaming. 
because the night before I had sent out the updated odds for all the players. It was about 15 or 20 players to, to Jake, who's our uh, in-house, not only our in-house di- digital media expert, but our in-house uh, <laughs> statistics major. Uh, sent it to him and he, he looked at the list and said, hey, Burger's going Burger's gonna to win tomorrow. And sure enough, he won. And I actually doubled down Sunday morning. So I, I cashed hey. in pretty nicely. It was, uh, yeah, a good little win. I was, I was screaming at the TV um, until he made that birdie on 18. Oh, actually, the only person that made birdie, there was a couple people that had the chance to take the outright lead. Bryson and Rosie had a chance to get in there at 15 to tie to go to a playoff. A couple other guys, of course, Morikawa stuffed one in there to about mm-hmm. 10 feet and, and missed the putt to go into a playoff and then heartbreaker. Uh, losing that way. But then Xander also had the heartbreak on 17. I mean, that 17th hole was just brutal to everybody. It cost Bryson his tournament because he hit a... He, first of all, let's, can we talk about Bryson a, a little bit? Bryson, well, he said he bladed it, but he hit that pitching wedge like 170. Yeah. What What did Crazy. you guys think about about Bryson overall? Uh, I mean, obviously, he he's continued to find club head speed, but what uh, what was your, your takeaway from Bryson for the, for the weekend, Jake? I mean, it's tough. Like, uh, it's weird. I don't, you know, I don't like Bryson, but it's it's getting to the point where it really is such an entertaining thing that uh, I love when he's in the field for both like the comedy of it. I love the Twitter part of it. I love all of that. But whatever he's doing is working. You know what I mean? And and we can't we can't deny that. Even though, me personally, I don't. The last thing I think the ne- the game needs is someone who's going even longer than the longest right. guys out there. Like I don't particularly like that. But whatever he's doing is working. <clears throat> I don't know if it has to do with how massive he's gotten or not because I was thinking about it like in terms of like a pitcher, you know, like a skinny pitcher can throw 95 and a fat pitcher can throw 95. One has more right. mass than the other. So clearly he's developed speed in some sort of way and I think a big part of it it's just swinging hard as fuck. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can't deny it. I mean, that's a golf course where you drivers shouldn't really help you as much as it helped him. And uh, this week at Harbor Town, it'll be interesting to see how he plays there. And if that thing is a weapon where he can cut even more corners and, and get even more wedges. Cause I don't know if you guys saw, there was like a, a shot of him and Rory. You didn't see a lot of Rory on Sunday cause he ejected early, but early. It was, yeah, it was not a good front nine, but there was a shot, I saw it on Twitter, of him and Rory, and Rory, and he took the same line off the tee. I can't remember what hole it was. It was on the, like, probably late in the round, maybe 15. And Rory's in uh, a bunker um, down the right side, and um, DeChambeau's, like, 40 yards past him, flew the bunker, no problem. And that's, we're talking about Rory. We're talking about, like, a freak of nature right. driving machine. So, hey, whatever he's doing is working. Um, but... I'm interested to see uh, if there's a point of diminishing returns for him. So we'll see. Yeah, definitely interesting. Uh, you know, it's funny because obviously he had put on, you know, a bunch of mass before COVID. It looks like he still continued to put some mass on, but also put a little, a little bit of a Vinny gut there going on in the, in the front. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like you said, he's hitting at 340. I know he got his ball speed up over 190 on the weekend twice which no one had done since like Cameron champ in the last five years. So mm-hmm. he's doing some freakish things with the, with the golf ball. Um, I mean, the mad scientist he is dude. And we'll see. I, I, I think I texted the group saying, 
he's very close to winning like three or four times on on tour this year just because of uh you know what he's taking out of the golf course right now right so interesting um you know you talked a little bit about rory there so you know the top three guys coming in for the weekend rom rory and brooks really kind of laid an egg and, and and didn't play well rory and kapka both finished t32 uh, you know, Rory played three decent rounds. I'll give him that. But then, you know, he he kind of keeps doing this thing where he either waffles the field on Sunday or he shoots like six over and is is just like nowhere to be seen after the second hole. Um, and then Rom Rom missed the cut. So uh, an interesting thing to see there, you know, the three guys that were the odds on favorites to win last weekend did not perform very well, finished outside the top 25, all of them. Uh and then we have this kind of roller coaster, and and you know I'll start to eat crow a little bit of Jordan Spieth, uh, who was Jake's pick last week, uh, and ended up finished T10, but played okay on Thursday, played well on Friday, played really well on Saturday, and then Sunday the front nine played like shit. Kind of was mm-hmm. like okay, we're back to the old Jordan Spieth, can't close anymore. And then he rattled off like three out of four birdies on the back nine to kind of get back into contention. And then he like hit this tee shot on 14 or 15, like a hundred yards right and out of bounds. And that was it for his tournament. Um, Jake, I guess uh, we'll get your thoughts on speed since he was your pick. What did you, you think, do you think he's, he's closer to winning than to missing a cut right now? What's kind of your overall feeling about Jordan speed since he's your horse? Uh, I mean, I don't know about you guys. I, I like love when he's in the mix. To me, it is just the most entertaining golf because you never know what's going to happen. And I think even when he was at his best, you never knew what was going to happen. And that was like amazing, right? But for me, like this week, his swing looked a lot better. He looked a lot more confident. And then it was like, I think it was Friday. He had, it was either Friday or Saturday, I'm getting mixed up right now, but he had this hiccup where, you know, he bangs driver way down there. I think it was Friday. He flubs a wedge, um, gets get you know wedges on after flubbing a wedge from like literally fifty yards, mm-hmm. and then misses a putt, makes a bogey, and that's what's like infuriating. Um, but it's also sort of what is his game. So my I think my thought process here is it's clearly better, but it's now I'm starting to think it's mental, and that worries me more because it, it does you don't always come back from the mental thing, you know. Hundred percent. So. I think I think that's going to be it's going to be interesting to see the next two or three times he plays if that kind of like top ten ish performance continues because then you can say like all right he, he doesn't have his whole game back but it's a little bit of a trending situation right and uh, but right now it's you know I mean he, he top ten this event last year too so right uh, it's hard to say yep I agree it's it, it's going to be that's definitely an interesting storyline to keep up with here for the next couple of weeks. Um, so to on to Vinny. Vinny, you took Patrick Reed last week. Who uh, fared better from the COVID break than Patrick Reed? Everybody forgot about everything he did. Well, didn't forget about it, but the, the news kind of blew over because there was other more important things, uh, you know, justifiably show, so. Uh, but Vinny, what did you think about your boy this week? I know, you know, I heard you screaming, and then he was starting to make a run as well. Sunday, he had a chance to, you know, he was only four or five back to start the day. What'd you what'd you think about how your boy did in, in week one back? Yeah, I thought he I thought he played well. Um I wasn't happy to see him make a triple on day one <laughs> on eighteen. I don't think he was either. It took him a little bit to dig himself out. He had, you know, 
he was below the cut line by three shots, came back at the end mm-hmm. of that round strong. Um, played, I think he shot three under, three under, seven under, or, or so, somewhere around there. Maybe it was even three under, seven under. And then on Sunday, <clears throat> he just didn't have it in in the tank to uh, to make the early birdies he needed to, you know, to really catch fire and right. and, and kind of do what Patrick Reed does is become super streaky and forget about everything going on around him, kind of like Ryder Cup play. So uh, I think if he started Sunday hot, he you would have seen him up there at 13 or 14, 15 uh, contending. But I liked this game. I thought he played well. Well, he played well enough to get you the top points earner, earner for the week. Uh, you yeah. finished T7, Spieth finished T10, and Webb Simpson finished dead fucking last. Uh, <laughs> missed the cut again. I think that's got to be like the fifth or sixth missed cut I've had this year, especially on my picks for our, our pool. Uh, Jake, what's the overall points record now with, uh, with the updated list from last week? Okay, so in our nine-point game, after some searching, I did find the paper. Previous to the COVID break, Vince had 23, I had 16, and Doug had 14. So after this week's breakdown of those nine points, Vince is at 28, I am at 19, and Doug is at 15. Oh, boy. Well, Vinny's separating himself a little bit from the pack. Yeah. We can kind of reel ourselves back in here. Um, So, okay, last thing I really want to talk about was did the – did you notice that the there were no fans there? Did you think it mattered, um, Jake? What, what did you what did you think about the whole no fan situation and how it played out? Didn't didn't bother me at all. Um, I was interacting with some some rando on Twitter for something that I uh, tweeted out, and um, you know, I just said this is like this reminds me of like a really low level event. This reminds me of like you know when they're in. Memphis or they're playing the Barbasol or something and it's like a Thursday, you know, and there's just random people sort of walking around meandering around outside the ropes. Um, and I know that a lot of other people have feelings about, you know, not having grandstands to, you know, sort of right backstop or like allow players to play shots away from trouble. And I thought that was interesting because like, there was more than one instance that I saw on the weekend where I think Woodland had a crazy one on, the back nine, maybe Saturday, I want to say. And, and it was like, he never would have been there in a reg on a regular week. Right. He was like over a green, uh, across a card path, basically on the back of another hole playing, playing back to his, uh, whatever hole he was on. <laughs> so that was cool. I mean, I, look, it's, it's a fact of life. I'm good with it. I liked hearing the player caddy more, mm-hmm. um, because the boom mics could pick it up. So even if, right. if players weren't mic'd up, you could hear a lot more because it was quieter out there. So right. I did like that. You think uh, Ricky suffered by being mic'd up? Think it, that's part of the reason he missed the cut, or do you think it it wasn't really a big deal? It's so hard. I want players to be mic'd up. Like I'm all for it. I think it would only add to our entertainment. Mm-hmm. But I know that I wouldn't want to play with like a battery pack attached right. to my uh, to my belt. So it's hard to say. I mean, maybe it did. You know. Who knows? I, I don't know. Ricky, I feel like he's very streaky right now as he's going through some swing changes. So just it's tough to tell. Awesome. Um, so we also had kind of a side bet last week where we took the three youngsters in the field. Uh, Jake had Morikawa. I had Victor Hovland. Vinny had Matt Wolf. All three of them made the cut. Wolf kind of floundered a little bit and finished uh, last out of the three of them. Hovland actually had a pretty solid weekend. He shot like 
two under on Saturday and four under on on Sunday to move like into T20 or so, T25. Uh, so good to see some life from him there. Like Vinny mentioned last week, he was grinding all COVID, like putting up videos. He was at his course in Oklahoma, um, near Oklahoma State, where he went to college, just hitting balls every day. And then uh, Morikawa um, choked the lead, gave up the lead. I, I don't really <laughs> know how to say it. Uh, you know, I was happy. Personally, I was ha- I love Morikawa. I think he's going to be a phenomenal golfer. We had this in our group chat on the weekend. He's going to be great. I was happy because I had put money on Berger, and actually Morikawa was like the only guy in the top four at the end of the day that I didn't have money on. Uh, so I was happy to see him, but obviously I didn't want to see him lose with the lip out like that. That was just mm-hmm. brutal. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, we, we, we did very well. All three of the guys made the cut, but Morikawa, obviously, I, I think, again, like Vinny is doing with his points, in the picks, Morikawa is starting to separate himself a little bit from the other two players where he uh, like doesn't miss cuts ever and is in the top 10 like in every field he's playing. He's one of the favorites this week again at Harbortown. Uh, Vinny, what did you think about the three youngsters plays? Obviously, we only saw you know most of Morikawa because he was at the top of the leaderboard, so he got the, uh, the screen time. But uh, what did you think about uh, old Collins' play there on Sunday? Man, I couldn't agree more that he's just going to be a force, a cup machine, like, on tour. He's settled in so much quicker than everybody else. He doesn't have any stigma wrapped around his game that maybe, let's say, Matt Wolf has, um, you know, that the media has put on him or PGA <laughs> themselves. I, just, I really think that he he's already in his spot, and you're going to see him top 10 a lot of tournaments, if not content. So, uh, I don't think I don't think Wolf and Hovland are going to catch them in their careers, personally. I I yeah, gotta go jump in for a second. Yeah, go ahead. yeah I gotta jump in because this is um, there's some important stuff to talk about here with Morikawa. And it, first of all, we know that he's I mean he's a little bit older, right? He stayed his four years in college, so he's a little bit older than Wolf, a little bit older than Hovland. Um, and Vince, I, I mean, the word stigma is an interesting one to use, right? There's nothing quirky or weird about what he does. And does he have weaknesses in his game? For sure. Like, I do not think he's a great putter. I don't think missing that putt this weekend helped. I do think that that will cause a little bit of, like, scarred tissue potentially for him, right? That's hard to lose that mm-hmm. way. However, I'm going to take a stand right now. This guy is going to be an absolutely generational striker of the goal. And if he starts to win, this is the if, if he starts to win in bunches where he wins like, I don't know, let's say he has a year, maybe, maybe obviously this year has been a little weird. So let's say next year he wins two, maybe three. Maybe the year after that, same kind of thing. Right, that starts to get into that Bryson vibe a little bit. It starts to get into that Spieth vibe. Even if it's not majors, we're just talking about wins. Right. I think if this guy starts to learn how to win, he's going to win a shit ton. Because he is, I mean, I don't know, like I was watching it and I could not believe how many times he was flag high or he was just like right at it. I mean, he, he's not a great driver of the golf ball and he's good, not great. And even that part of his game is like pretty solid. But I mean, as soon as you put an iron in his hand, it is uh-huh. just something to watch. It yeah. is incredible. Yeah, yeah he's uh, 
I think I said this in the group. I I think he's the best striker, iron striker of the golf ball in the game right now at his young age, which is incredible to say. I mean, if not top two or three. Um, yeah, for sure. It, it, I mean, he's got some other things to work on, you know, maybe the short game a little bit. Uh, you Like you said, the tee shots, but um, yeah, I mean, he, he is going to be very good. I said in the group chat this week, I, I completely agree with you, Jake. I think he's going to be like a 30-time guy, winner on tour. You know, obviously, no one is going to be like like Tiger again, and not because, you know, obviously Tiger is the best of all time, but Colin and the field overall strength of golf now and going forward is just so much better than it was when Tiger first came out and was winning in bunches. Mm-hmm. So, you know, getting into 30 wins is just gonna, could be incredible. Um, but I did say, and this is a caveat I'm going to throw in there, I think that Matt Wolf could be the guy who wins like two or three PGA events, but then also wins like two majors in his career. Right. Like pops up on a leaderboard for a U.S. Open once or pops up on a leaderboard at Augusta, something like that. Gets the two majors and like three PGA wins. And could be known for the, as that kind of player, which, it, to, in my mind, I, you know, I would, I would argue I would I would rather take the the majors over the thirty wins. But who knows? I you know I think Colin could obviously win a bunch, like you said, in bunches. So it's going to be an interesting thing to to play out for the next you know however long they 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 are out there. Like I'll say it right now, like I think Morikawa is a great pick for Wingfoot. Like if you're not depending on what his game trends into, like into that U.S. Open, which is obviously at a weird time of the year, like Wingfoot requires you to hit it to specific spots on very weird greens yep. on a very hard golf course, and like that's the guy you want. You want a guy who's like, I just got to hit this flag high, middle of the green, and then try to make a putt. Like you right. want that guy, and that's what Morikawa is. Hey, real quick, just because I don't want us to move to picks and I have this floating around my brain. What was our um, feeling on, on Xander's little, little choke there? What do we think about X? Vinny, you got a thought on X, man? You know, I, I was able to listen to uh, his last three holes. I didn't get to see it. I didn't get to see the end of the, uh, of the tournament, sadly. Um, but I can just, I caught the drama of Morikawa's putt and I can feel that with no crowd. Uh, like mm-hmm. way down in my nuts. Like I felt bad for him. So I can only imagine I heard about the tee shot and then the second shot, uh, you know, off the green into the water for Xander. That's just a bad break for a guy who was seemingly, you know, pin hunting for the last 36 holes. So, yeah. Dougie, does he, does he have a winning problem? And so, <laughs> so I love Xander. I'm going to be honest with you. I think, uh, as I watch him more, I, I, know homo fall more and more in love with the dude like he for sure he is one of my favorite golfers he may be my favorite golfer on tour that we see regularly obviously tiger will be my favorite of all time but i think xander for all the players out there right now may be my favorite golfer um and you know dude i think i think you're you bring up a good point i mean he's he's i would say like rory except for rory obviously has won a bunch you know xander has four tour wins but he hasn't been able to do any from as a front runner and it, I'm sure that's eaten away at him, man. It's like this is the fourth or fifth time where he's finished second or third after having the lead on Sunday uh, or starting the, the round on Sunday. Man, I thought, I to be honest, I thought he had it. He hit it in the water, like Vinny said, and then he made like a 40-foot bogey bomb save. And then he made a birdie on the next hole to get right back mm-hmm. in there. I mean, 
that putty hit on 17 should have gone in. I he agree. hit it with zero pace. Half the ball was in the hole. It it full rim and came back at him. I, I even said to somebody yesterday that unlike the Morikawa putt in the playoff, Morikawa hit that putt with too much pace. Like nine out of ten times, that ball is going to lip out like it did violently mm-hmm. because he hit the lip with too much pace. If he had hit that putt with Xander's speed, like that putt lips out one out of ten times. Right. And it just happened to be that one time and I felt bad for him. Um, it's a, it's a tough way to go, man. I'm, I'm sure it's eating at him because he's again, been in the lead four or five times now on PJ tour and hasn't been able to close those out. You know, obviously he's, he's a great player as a young kid. He's only 25 or 26 years old. He's got four wins already, but and I don't know how many times you can win on tour right now, especially with how many good guys there are in the fields right now coming from behind. Like he has, uh, you know, you gotta be able to close some out from the front. It's, it's interesting. It's a, it's a good question for sure. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think I it's with him it's it's one of these things where I think he needs to win one where he snatches it to like change his whole perspective on right. things because like even this year at Hyundai, right, at Kapalua, it's it was basically being handed to him. I yep. mean, coming coming down the stretch there, JT gets all like hooky oh, and weird God. on 18 and legitimately like Xander does not hit a very good um wedge in there. Yep. Then he hits that horrible putt downhill and ends up losing it you know and mm-hmm. i just i think he's got to win one where there isn't a, a bad break or maybe he tracks someone down just to get the the sort of the monkey off of his back because that that t-ball on whatever that was the one he hit in the water i'm getting the holes out there are all the same to me by the way but um that's that's just a nervous ball like he had it to was that block all day and then right. he just blocked it you know what i mean um yep. so yeah I, i'm with you i'm with you and go ahead i was just gonna say yeah it's just it, it's tough to watch for somebody to like like that who i mean same thing like you and morikawa and all of us like you want to see these guys win and not lose it like the way they do you want to see someone to like chip in or hole out on them to beat sure. them yeah it's a tough way to go i you know i felt obviously Berger deserved it he's been playing very, very well up until the break. I'm sure he was disappointed that there was a six-week layoff. Tough to continue getting the juices going. And he played very well on Sunday. Uh, you know, he played well all week and, and got the win. Um, but, yeah, I think between Colin, who is, you know, only 20-21, and Xander, it's got to eat at them. But we'll see. Yeah. Hopefully they can – You got. I mean, this game is a game of misses. You got to be able to shake that shit off and, and move on to the next week. And, and both of them are in the field this week. Um so, right. uh, you know, great, great week back. Awesome to watch live golf. I was glued to the TV on Sunday. I was glued to the TV most of the day on Saturday. Um, and I'm excited to to watch them out at Harbortown again this week, which is, is kind of a similar field or uh, uh, event like Colonial, where, you know, it's it's shorter than Colonial. Actually, it's only over seven, just over 7,000 yards, uh, par 71. Um, and it, it's pretty tight. It's a ball strikers golf course. I think another place that Morikawa could play very well. Um, but before we get into that, you guys have any other, other mo- remarks on, on colonial before we move into Harbor town? Just one. Only Go one. Ahead, ben. I'm just going to state this and I'm stating it now. I have to remove somebody from the big guns list. Okay. <laughs> okay. So who's, who's getting, knocked who's getting off. cut? Can we just talk about how bad DJ is? Yeah, I think I think Jake said it best. His knees 
knee is definitely still oh, bothering yeah, him. Knee. There's there's an issue there. Uh, I think yeah, I think we have to remove him from the list of big guns and for the time being until until he's got to win again. I don't think anybody thinks he's going to contend right now. Period. Though. Yeah, I, was, I think this. Go ahead. It's just it, it's sad to see. Almost there was a lot of uh, he was a guy carrying some some big weight through 2019. So. I think he's. Um, this might just be a lost year. I hate to say it. Like I just think it's. He's got to get healthy, and he's just not there yet. But you're right. He's probably got to come off that list of like guys that could win it any week until you see him put a couple weeks together where he looks like he's got his legs under him because it clearly, clearly doesn't right now. Um, my only other thing for last week, I don't, I didn't think we talked enough about Berger. Um, you know, the guy, this is his third win. There was a time when we talked about him and JT as basically being the same player. Right. Um, you know, he's gone through some injuries. He's got a funky swing, and I, like, love it watching it. it. It's, like, a weird – I don't even know what it is. I just like watching it. It's a crazy swing. And you got you to gotta be happy for the guy. Like, terrible injuries, sort of lost his game, you know, sort of figuring out the whole sponsor thing. He had a – I saw on, online he had a set of uh, tailor-made uh, MBs from, like, 2011 in there. Good, like, just found some equipment that he loves. He's like, that's what I'm playing. So, so good win for him. I mean, it's like a great story that flew under the radar before COVID. So it's awesome that he got the win uh, now. Is it funny that a guy can win on tour that can't hit the ball left? Like all he can hit is cuts. He can only cut it. I, I think it's incredible that a guy, I mean, these guys are talented. Well, I can't work it Martin both ways. Keimer, but, yeah. I mean, Martin, yeah, Martin Keimer went and tried to find the draw and then he sucked. And then he went back to his normal swing and he won again. So I get, hey, if you can, if you can only hit one shot, but you hit it every time, hey, good for you. Like, That's I'm true. sure you can win. Though. That's true. I guess when the golf course sets up for you, it's it's a good thing to do. Uh, yeah, dude, I, I love Berger, too. I've always been a fan of his. You know, he, he packs the fat dinger, doesn't give a shit. He's out there just having fun. Uh, and he and he got a well-deserved win, like you said, Jake. He, you know, he was playing very, very well before the break. He probably wasn't getting as much credit as he should have. And uh, he went out there and, and got a winner on bent grass green. So the the man the man can play himself, and uh, he moved himself into the top fifteen of the uh, power rankings this this week for mm-hmm. a guy who who wasn't sure he was going to be able to keep his card, you know, a year or two ago because of all the injuries. So it is a great story, uh, and 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 that makes it more exciting to move on this week to the RBC Heritage guys. So they have moved from Texas over to the East Coast. At the RBC Heritage, where uh, Rory is again the odds-on favorite to win this week at nine to one. Uh, the power rankings—I'm just going to run through them real quick—are uh, Vinny's favorite player of all time, Rory Sabatini, fifteenth. Uh, nothing, not even a laugh. Okay, wasn't okay. This is not <laughs> Sabatini's fifteenth. Uh, John Rahm, fourteenth. Surprising. Uh, yeah, Burger at 13, guy coming off the win. Sung JM, always in the power rankings, is 12th. Kevin Kisner, 11, another guy who uh, he played okay last week. I think he finished like six under or seven under. Uh, but another guy who, who does very well with the irons. And I think this course sits him. He's from South Carolina. Uh, so, you know, local. Uh, Matt Kuchar at 10, Ian Poulter at nine. 
Uh, Jay Rose, who I saw, I follow him on Instagram. This is the first time he's played there in 10 years. So, you know, I, it is fun to watch some of these guys go back to these courses they would normally never play or haven't played like since they were rookies or just starting out on tour because they're just trying to play golf. So awesome for these events. I, I, I feel good for all the sponsors and all of them. This is, this is really good for them. Um, Rory at seventh, which I think is a little surprising. He's the odds on favorite, but he's seventh in the power rankings. Uh, Morikawa sixth, Patrick Reed fifth, X-Man fourth, JT at third, Webb second. I don't understand this. And then Bryson DeChambeau, Big Muscles first. Can I actually, let's bring up something real quick on Justin Thomas. Another Ooh. guy who seems to have a closing issue recently. Like he gets close to the top of the leaderboard and like can't get it done. Shot one over and on Sunday in the final round, made birdie on the first hole to tie the lead too. And then it was kind of like that was it from him. Any any thoughts there, Jake? Or you think maybe that's just some rust from JT? I don't know because I like I really like JT for sure, uh, and I think when his game is on, he's like a steamroller, right? I mean, it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like he misses a shot. Um, and he, you know, he obviously he's, he's long. He has pretty much every, I love his wedge game. Like he's got a lot of great skills. Uh-huh. It, it, it is very interesting though. Cause you are right that it seems like he sometimes, especially on the weekend when he's suddenly in the mix, he can't seem to put it all together. And I thought that that was pretty evident this weekend for him or, or Sunday for him. I mean, it's not like the horrible round that Rory has, but it's like one of those things where he just can't get it kickstarted, you know, and he just hovers through the round. Right. That's like the third time that's happened in a calendar year. So yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's very interesting. I, I think that maybe he gets a little bit more clout than he should. I do feel that way. Um, if you really think about it, he's won a bunch and he does have a, a, a major, but beyond that, like, it just doesn't, there's something about his game that doesn't always feel like it's, you know, primed right. to win. I don't know. That's the best That's way funny. I can say it. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, definitely another good storyline. He's playing. So I saw 113 of the guys that played last week are playing this week again. Uh, so awesome to see the guys out there. They expanded the field. Uh, they added another 15 players uh, from, from 130. Uh, sorry, 25 players from 130 to 155. Uh, so they're starting to to kind of kick things back into normal a little bit. Um, I also saw some crazy stat that like 115 of the players in the field have at least one PGA Tour win this week, which is just is awesome. Uh, so a lot of good players out there, some good picks. I will say, and I'm going to start this new segment because uh, Doug likes to bet a lot. And uh, we're going to start talking about this a little bit more every week. So uh, for the value, I put uh, money on JT Poston, who was 70 to one. I put money on Corey Connors, who was 75 to one. We put money on Luke List, who was 120 to one. Uh, And we put money on who was the fourth guy I have money in here. On Russell Henley at 150 <laughs> to one. That's my boy. I uh, saw his name on that list and I knew you were putting money on him. Yeah. And then from the front runners, I like Colin this week. I took I took more Cal. He was at uh, 20 to one, and then I took Bryson at 12 to one because I think he is uh is close. So those would be the two horses I would take this week: Bryson and and Colin, and then a couple of long shots. So we'll see how I do. 
this week. Uh, as far as our picks for the RBC Heritage, uh, I believe I go first, right? Because I finished last this past that weekend. That is correct. Yep. So I am going to go with uh, Mr. Lipout in the playoff, Colin Morikawa, this week. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who I that kind of threw me for a loop there. I'm not going to lie to you. Not that I was going to take him, but I was thinking right. about it. Mm, all right, I'm going to go with. Um, I'm going to go. I just. All right, I'm going to go with uh, Corey Connors this week to get a win. Like his game, like, like where he's trending, and uh, it's a good course for him. So I'm going to go Corey Connors. Yeah, I really like that pick a lot. I think uh, that's why I put money on him. So, Vinny, what you got, front runner? Well, I was pretty pretty torn between two picks. Um, I or- didn't know if I wanted to burn somebody like Sung Jay this week, or maybe backtrack and take somebody like Bubba, who seemingly flew under the radar last great week. Week. For a yeah, a great week. Um. You know it's pretty tough, and I want to keep, I want to stay true to my big pool and what we're doing here, <clears throat> uh, too. Um, you know I'm using the same picks for everything, and I, I think I'm gonna stay with Sung Jay uh, this week, even though I'm pretty sure Harbor Town's got quite a few right to left holes. Um, oh yeah, it's all oh, yeah, you gotta hit it direction. Right, yeah, yeah, you gotta hit so, it both ways. That's how they protect themselves from not being as long. It's the the, the dog legs. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I think Sungjae probably just has the the consistency to to find a bunch of medals of greens this week and and make a few birdies. I I mean, I was gonna take Hideki if I didn't take Hei or Bubba. So here we are. Yeah, so Sungjae like is Sungjae pick. Yeah, I like it too. I mean, he's around the top of the leaderboard every week. He was last week. He seems like he just like never. I mean, like Brooks said a long time ago, they've been swinging the golf club the same way their whole lives. Mm-hmm. They could just keep doing it, keep keep posting results. So um, interesting to see what will happen this this weekend. I was hoping to see Tiger. He teased us with moving his boat up to Sea Island. Yeah, he did not go with the boat apparently, uh, and will not be playing this week at the RBC Heritage. I did want to ask a question about that. So now that you know we have the RBC Heritage this weekend, and then we have or we had the Charles Schwab last week. Where do you think we will see Tiger for the first time? The workday event at Mirfield in July? I don't, there's, I don't think he plays next week at the Travelers. No. And then the week after that is the Rocket Mortgage, which I don't think he's going to Detroit. I know he played there when he was younger. I doubt he makes the... It's July 4th weekend as well. I doubt it. Uh the workday event because there's back-to-back weeks at Muirfield. You think he maybe plays in both of those? No, I think he plays the Memorial first tournament. Okay, so he plays the week after the workday event, which is the Memorial tournament. Yep. Okay. So then he probably goes, yeah, another month until he plays Memorial, and then he probably goes straight into the PGA Championship, which I guess we should probably talk about a little bit. They've decided to go with no fans, which uh, you know is still. Another two months out or so, eight weeks, and they're saying San Francisco is still that bad. Do you think it's a good idea to play a major championship without fans? Should they have relocated it? Because I know that they were talking about maybe taking it to uh, Sawgrass, where the I guess the the stadium and everything is still set up from the Players Championship. Should they have 
should they have moved to a place where they were Florida is pretty much back to normal. They could have probably had fans there in August. What, mm-hmm. uh, what do you think about that, Jake? No, I don't think it matters. Unfortunately, <laughs> I think that, you know, like Olympic club is an important place in general. It, wait, no, they're at Harding, they're park. Harding park. So, yeah. Still an important place in golf. Um, San Francisco is obviously a community that's yeah. deep in that history. Right. And, like, truthfully, you, it's probably just better to err on the side of caution anyway. Like, yeah, you could have fans if you had it at Sawgrass, but right. what happens if you have bad pub because you come out of it and, you know, you have 35 new cases of coronavirus and it becomes this bomb situation for you. So right. I think in the end, it's probably the right thing to do to keep it where it is and to reward the people who've worked really hard to get Harding Park in the best scenario possible, um, you know, conditions wise. Uh, well, curious from both of you. So last week I asked, will Kevin not offend or finish in the top 25? He did not. CT Pan defending his title this week at RBC Heritage. Do you think he finishes in the top 25? Uh, Vince, you got a thought? What I was just going to say, if you didn't notice, Kevin already withdrew from this week also. Immediately. (laughs) So maybe he had an injury. I'm not too sure. Could be. They're not replacing him in the field for the PGA. Well, I think it's too tough because they have to, have to be tested like a week prior right, and a bunch yeah, of other right. things. You know? Too many um, logistics. So I'm glad that they're doing, the, doing that and error on the side caution. So CT Pan finished in the top 25? Yes, no? Vince? Jake? Uh, I was to say, <laughs> I don't know. I, I Did we even see him last week? I don't remember if, uh, I, if we even did. All right, I'll give you my answer. You think? Yes or no question? I'm going to say <laughs> Yes. No. Yes. Okay, good. Okay. We have opposition. Yes. Love it. He's going to finish top 25. I love that. All right. The pan man. Got it. He missed five cuts in a row leading into no. his first event. Doesn't matter. He's going to do it. All right. I love it. Um, okay. Well, that is all I have for the RBC Heritage. Do you guys have any thoughts about that nope. before we move on? I'm good. Nothing? All right. I've got two other things, and then we can close it out. So... One, I'd like to talk about our first uh, uh, happy hour-ish video we put out. Um, yep. You know, I'd love doorbell. I would love to get Jake your thoughts because you obviously, you know, we've we've obviously talked about this for a while, um, and you, and we we know we're not done. We will admit that we're you know we don't have the drones, we don't have any of that stuff yet. We're we're still getting started. But uh, what did you think about the the overall video? You know, I thought obviously you've been doing a great job scoring everything and putting all these videos together. What, uh, what was your overall thoughts on the first happy hour race we put out? Well, well, first of all, I hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, secondly, I look, it's the quest for content, right? We're, we're trying to find something to deliver to all of you. And, um, I think it was cool. I think it's a great idea. I think it's going to be fun to see how we, uh, expand on it and, mm-hmm. um, kind of what it looks like as we move forward. Cause you know, the current concept is great, but the beauty of kind of like our our our, um, our title is that it, it could be anything. I mean, right. it could be any topic that we want to kind of give to you guys to kind of chew on. So, yeah, I love it. I, I'm I'm pumped for uh, where it's going to go. Yep, I love it. Good, Vinny. What do you think? Yeah, I thought it was great. We have to work on some some of our own angles to get some of the best shots out mm-hmm. for people and. The best way to, uh, you know, showcase the courses we're playing and 
and and really just get some feedback from everybody. So I hope everybody enjoyed it, and uh, we're looking forward to to perfecting it for everyone. Awesome. Yeah, I, I you know I know we talked again after that with some other ideas. I'm looking forward to putting some of that out there and see what that looks like. Um, Vinny, I'm, I'm curious. So we we you know obviously we put out the the happy hour ish on on Memorial. We went out there and played this past weekend. We walked again. Um, so like fifth round, I walked this year, sixth. So I'm unbelievable. My legs are not loving me. But uh, Vinny, what did you think about Memorial? You know, we're only uh, it's the middle of June now, so July, August, September, October. We're four months away from the Houston Open being played out there. What did, what was your your thoughts of of Memorial? I'm concerned, man. Truly, I think I said it, we were four holes in, and I, I was pretty concerned about uh, how they're going to get this course tournament ready um, with with everything going on in the world and everything that still needs to be done on the course. Um, a few things that I think that they have to do is pine straw the areas that they don't plan on overgrowing. Mm-hmm. That, way, that way they just don't focus on it. It's clean, and it, it's not like, you know, in play mud they they need to fix that very quickly they need to get some of that land cleared out still which sad i i would have anticipated them to have been finished by now and uh other than the tee boxes and fairways i didn't even think the greens were that great they were a little you know what if they're not they're not smoothing them out yet they were kind of bumpy um and, and we've talked about this before the defense of that course is going to be extremely fast runoffs on the green. And yeah. if they don't have the areas around those greens ready, uh, how, how can they justify doing certain things? So th- those are my key points. I really hope that they can close this course down for a month prior to the event and right. do what they have to do. They really got to pine straw a lot. I, I don't think they should be trying to sod anymore. All right. That's what they're yep. going to do, though. They're going to shut it down. And I don't know. You, they're going to shut it down. They're going to have to, especially if growth is like what you're talking about right now. I mean, I look, I, I'm not on the inside of this. I don't really know. And I'm not an agronomist, so I can't really tell you what the process is. But if it's that bad, they know that this. they need to show this thing off on TV. They know that they have a prime spot because of where the Masters is. Um, what else? They... Like your your growing season because of when it's cold or, or hot there probably really truly isn't until you know September October right. anyway. So if they can get it like primed up and then say, all right, we're cutting rounds this week down to or this month down to X amount of rounds per week and get that thing ready to roll, uh, I don't think it's going to be that tough. And luckily, you have Bermuda, which is like super resilient. So. Um, mm-hmm. that I don't think it's, I don't think it'll be a problem, but I do think that you, Vince's call of saying it's a concern is probably for real. I agree. I, uh, I, I completely agree. I mean, you could even see it from the, the happy hour ish video we put out and the second shot I hit, um, uh, you know, I was left of the car path and it's just still all dirt and that, you know, the whole area running up between those two holes, all dirt. And that's not just the only two, two sections. Uh, I think more of my concern is, is, is still around the greens like there. I just don't think the greens are ready. Um, and, and we'll see, it's going to be interesting. Cause it's, I mean, it's starting to get into summer here. It's really, really hot. The greens are already getting baked out. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting for sure. I mean, they need to, I agree. They either need to shut it down a month before or they just need to pine straw everything. 
and make it aesthetically pleasing as they can. Um, I will say, however, though, that uh, you know, this is the third time I've played out there since the redesign. The final five or six holes out there are really, really good. So it's going to make for a good finish on on Sunday out there. Um, you know, I think actually 18th is probably the worst hole out of from like the 14 to 18 stretch, but 14 to 17 is really, really good. Uh, so it's going to be, uh, you know, a fun finish, and uh, hopefully it does end up being a good tournament because it is an, it, it is a great location now that it's in downtown Houston. Parking is going to suck, but um, it, it should be uh, a fun fun tournament for everybody and uh, one that's good for the, for the viewers. We've I know Zach and I have already bought uh, tickets in the 16th grandstand, so hopefully we can get some fans out there by then because that'll that'll be fun. But uh, yeah, so guys, I had a. Uh, a question i'm trying i want to get a little dialogue going between the group here before we we end uh someone posed a question to me the other day i think it was tom i'm not sure though because i didn't write it down uh and he asked is there more of a difference between an 18 handicap and a scratch golfer or a scratch golfer to a professional golfer i gave him my answer but i would like to hear uh, Jake, your viewpoint on this, and then we can start a little bit of an argument or, or an agreement. Ooh, that's a very good question, actually. An 18. Um, I think there's probably a closer correlation between an 18 and a scratch than there is a scratch and a pro, because I don't think that the pro or that the scratch can ever, even on his best day, play at the level that most pros play at. You know, if you if you think about like how your handicap works and like mm-hmm. where you know the, the times that you sort of break your handicap, so to speak, you're might, maybe only doing that by like one or two shots here or there. Um, and we're not even you know talking about on the the courses that a pro would right. play. I think they're playing just a totally different game. And on a really weird day, which I'm sure has happened plenty of times, in 18 can play out of his mind and, you know, shoot seven or eight shots lower, maybe even further than that uh, from their handicap. And so I think that those two are probably closer than a scratch and a pro. Many, what are your thoughts before I give mine? Uh, I would, a few weeks ago, I would have been on the other side of this argument until recently we had discussions with Rich, um, one of our other buddies who's like a true scratch or like a plus one. And, he plays out at champions here in Houston uh, with several guys that played at like Oklahoma and OSU and, and you know, they're probably like plus threes and plus fours. And in comparison, uh, he feels like he can't stand a chance on 90% of the days. Uh, they just have a different gear, uh, you know, to what he has as a true scratch uh, and coming from him, who I know is a phenomenal golfer. Uh, that means a lot, and I, I think that that paints a picture of the severity between somebody who can who can last four rounds on the PGA Tour and you know your local plus one or your local scratch. I disagree with both of you. I I and this is not just a, for argument's sake. So I I think that on. A uh, normal day, a scratch golfer, you know, will shoot between, let's say if he's a true scratch, he's going to shoot between two over and two under pretty much every round. Professional is going to shoot between 
six, five, four under to seven under every round, or they should, depending on if it's a really, really tough course, maybe not. But they're going to shoot like between a two or three shot difference every round they play. Whereas the profession or the scratch to the 18 handicap, like you said, Jake, yes, the scratch may have a great day or the 18 may have a great day and shoot like six or seven shots better than their, their score. But Mm -hmm. a majority of the time, the 18 handicap is going to shoot more like a 25 and and not be anywhere close where I think as I think a scratch golfer hits more shots closer to what a professional hits. I agree. They play a completely different game. I know we've had that argument before. But I think the scratch hits more similar shots to what a professional would hit. And an 18 does not hit as many shots like a scratch golfer hits every round. So I think that there's a bigger difference between an 18 handicap and a scratch golfer than there is a scratch and a professional based off of that, in my opinion. I'll be played devil's advocate for one minute. I love it. Well, this is just a thought that was popping into my head because I've had this same discussion with other people. And um, I, I've asked multiple scratch or like plus handicaps. Is it hard to like go low? Like when you're starting to go low, like what does that feel like? And they're like, oh man, it is. It, you can get on a roll. It is really hard to hang on to that. And I just I think that there are plenty of times when a scratch golfer goes out there and you know can shoot in the high seventies or eighties because they're playing bad. I mean, like look, Rory McIlroy almost did it this week. Right. Um, on a random day, there's a bigger variance there than than that scratch golfer going low. Like there's a better chance of them going well over their handicap mm-hmm. than going under. Um, and just like you said about the 18, right, like they probably have a tendency to go to to 24 or whatever that might be. Um, but, but at the same time, when a, a high handicapper has a great day, it's usually not a great day by like two or three shots. It's usually like a holy shit, what the fuck day. And they shoot like seven lower than they right. normally do. You know what I mean? So that's why I think those two are closer. They, they end up being closer. But I can you're definitely right about consistency, quality of shot. That whole situation is I mean, obviously, the scratch and the pro are going to be closer um, and, and skill wise, understanding the course, all of that stuff for sure. I think it's a great question. I appreciate it, it is, is Tom. I just question. I confirmed while we were arguing and it was Tom. So <laughs> I appreciate Tom for for sending that question out. A uh, good argument. We'll maybe have to put that up on the on the gram this week and see what uh, our audience's thoughts are um, for that. Uh, with that, uh, any any closing statements before we we get out of here, Jake? You gonna are you playing this weekend? What's the weather like up there? <sighs> weather is un fucking believable um yes i am gonna be playing but the weather will actually be crap we're about to get a heat wave um oh. i don't i'll probably just be playing the club, you know just i know <laughs> we're about we're, we're about to hit uh the, like kind of like your weather honestly like 90 something and humid um but yeah gonna be playing at the club most likely and uh I, we actually i'm in a, a two-man better ball tournament starting next week so i'll have some updates on that nice. uh, besides besides that Everybody, please go check out the videos. Leave some feedback if you could, because um, I am not a video editor, but I'm trying to be one for this purpose. So anything that you like, dislike, whatever, just let me know. Have you updated your LinkedIn to head of d- digital media for the breakfast ball yet? You know, I, I haven't only because I haven't got my new office yet. Um, but once that oh. you know that happens, 
once breakfast ball Inc, you know, sends me my corner or gets me my corner office, I'll, uh, I'll update my LinkedIn. Gotcha. Gotcha. I think we're more of an LLC, but, uh, you know, we can <laughs> talk about that later. Um, well, I actually, uh, I have some competitive golf on the horizon. Uh, oh, nice. I don't even know if I told Vinny this, but, uh, I signed up for the Houston open, uh, the Houston open, the Houston amateur this week. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Is this why you're asking about this? They just gave me a, they just gave me a straight exemption into the Houston open. No problem. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Houston Amateur. I, I uh, signed up for this week. My qualifier is uh, first week in August, something like that. Actually, Richard is playing in it this year too, so I'm hoping we can both qualify. He's playing in a different qualifier because of his work schedule. Um, you know, typically you have to shoot somewhere around 75, which is very doable for both of us. Hopefully, we can we can do that and play in it. It's at Gus Wortham again this year, uh, which I'm actually fine with because I think it's a better golf course than Memorial right now. So. Uh, excited to do that. And then I am also going to be registering next week when it opens for the uh, Texas Southern Amateur, which is everybody south of Austin can play. And it's actually at a course that the two of you have both played at Moody Gardens this year. Oh, yikes. So uh, Vinny's going to be on the bag. Vinny doesn't know this, but Vinny will be on the bag. It's a three-day event. (laughs) There is a cut after two days. Uh, so yeah, excited for that. I think that's like in September maybe, or I can't remember when it is, but, uh, there's no qualifier for that. It's just like the first like 90 people or hundred people, whatever the field size is to register mm-hmm. on the Texas golf association website. So excited to play in that Richard is playing. I was trying to play in the, uh, Texas state open and also play in the Texas amateur championship. So he's got some qualifiers and things coming up. So we'll keep everybody, um, up to date on that. But <clears throat> with that, I hope everybody has a great week. Like Jake said, please check out our videos. Please check out all of our podcasts. Share it with your friends. Follow us on Instagram at the Breakfast Ball Pod, all one word. Uh, we just broke 200 followers, so appreciate that. We are actually in the middle of a logo redesign. Benny, our in-house logo specialist, like Jake is our in-house digital media guy, is getting us a new logo for the pod. We thought it was time uh, to move away from the one that I think we some of one did on like SketchUp. Um, yep. And we're going to get them printed. We have a buddy who's got a clothing company, so we're going to get some hats made and we're going to start giving those out. Uh, so look for those. Those will be coming here hopefully in the next, uh, month or so. Um, and uh, excited. It's got some, some exciting things on the horizon. Got, uh, our first former LPGA pro on the pod next week. Uh, Chelsea Batch. She's a friend of my, mine and Vince's. We've become close with her over the last couple of weeks. She played on the Symmetra and on the LPGA for, about 10 years or so on and off. Yeah, seven to eight years, I believe. Um, I think she finished, like, her highest finish was, like, T14 or T15 on the LPGA. So uh, she's got some fun stories playing with some of the top pros out there. They're still out there today. Um, and a good story. She was, you know, a grinder out there. She wasn't somebody who, who won a bunch and was set for success. She worked really hard. So excited to get her out here. She's actually on uh, uh, Steph Curry's Holy Moly Uh like the Rob Riggle show that's on ABC, I believe, on Thursday nights. It's a putt-putt challenge, putt-putt. and she is on next week's episode. So uh, nice. we'll, we'll, we'll have her on. We'll talk about that and talk about a bunch of other things. So excited to do that. Everybody enjoy their weekend. Vinny, take us home. All right, ballers. I plan on playing this weekend and playing well, hopefully. <laughs> but if shit just doesn't go right on the first tee, don't be afraid to hit your breakfast ball. Thanks again, and we'll be talking to you. Thank you.